Well, today I'm going to kick off a brand new series called Mission Possible. Now, when Ethan Hunt, you remember Ethan Hunt of Mission Impossible movies? Secret agent of Mission Impossible? When Ethan Hunt got an assignment, when he got a mission, it always seemed impossible. I mean, the, the odds were, were completely against him. But then we'd find out by the end of the movie, it was always possible and thrilling along the way. Well, here's the, the truth I want to talk with you about this morning. When we Christians, the agents of Jesus Christ here on earth, when we are given a mission, sometimes it seems impossible to us, given our personality, given our resources, our gifts, our talents, whatever, it seems impossible, but that mission is always possible. And if you get involved with God's mission, it's thrilling along the way, amen? It's a thrilling ride. And our mission should you choose to accept it? Remember that line? Should you choose to accept it? Is to find ways to make more and better disciples, more and better agents of Jesus Christ. Look at what Jesus said to his agents years and years ago. Jesus said this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, agents, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now, one of the ways that we can accomplish that mission of going and making more and better disciples of Jesus is for us to simply encourage as many people as possible to do one thing. And you think about the Christian life, there's, a, there's all kinds of things but if we just encourage them to do this one thing, to pursue Christ, we can accomplish our mission. One of the ways that we will know that we're accomplishing our, our mission is that more and more people are then pursuing Christ and becoming his disciples because of our efforts, because of what we do as a church together. Making more and better disciples, folks, is our mission as a church. And it is possible. But listen, as we begin, our mission will never, ever be accomplished unless you and I decide to pursue Christ first. It all starts with every one of us, amen? Unless every one of us decide to pursue him first and most, and I put up a sign here, it's a part of our mission. It's a part of what we vow get to accomplish our mission. Unless we decide to pursue Christ and run that race towards him, we'll never accomplish our mission. And so no matter how great we preach, no matter how great our worship music is, no matter how great our children and youth programs are and our missions programs, we'll never accomplish the mission that God has called us to do with the impact that he knows we can make unless we all individually Pursue Jesus Christ. The Bible says this, be careful how you live, not as fools, but as those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. We've got some evil days going on, amen? God needs some Christians out there making most of every opportunity to do good. Don't act thoughtlessly but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. In other words, he's saying, don't stumble through life. 
Instead, be careful, agent of mine. Do good and find out what God wants you to do with your life. Find God's mission for your life and then go out and do it. What part mission of making more and better disciples does God want you to fit into? So today I want to help you discover God's mission for your life. So let's look at three questions about the primary mission of every Christian and every church. Here's the first question. Write this down. What does God want? (laughs) You ever said, God, what do you want of me? (laughs) I'm going to tell you this morning because God makes it clear in the scriptures. What does God want? What does he want from you? Right here, right now, 2014, no matter what age you are, what does God want from you? Here's the answer. Write it down. He wants you pursuing Christ. He wants running after Christ. He wants chasing Jesus all of your heart. Your mission is to pursue Jesus and a closer relationship with him. Your mission is to pursue the likeness of Jesus. That means that you're going you're gonna to track him. Where's Jesus working? Where, where can I be that Jesus is really doing a great work, and how can I get involved in that mission? You're going to track him. You're going to chase after his ways. You're going to shadow him. You're going to be so close, you're like his shadow. You're going to be doing the same things that Jesus would be doing in your situation, in your job place. You'd be shadowing Jesus if he was there. He wants you pursuing him. In fact, the Bible says this, give yourselves completely to God since you've been given this new life and use your whole body as a tool to do what's right for the glory of God. Another scripture says this, give yourselves completely to God. I just read that scripture, didn't I? This is what your Lord, your God wants you to do. Respect the Lord and do what he's told you to do. Love him, serve your God with your whole being, not just part of your life. You see, God wants all of you involved in his more and better disciples. God wants your whole body to be like a tool for doing right things. So yes, he wants you to respect him. He wants you to love him, but he wants you to serve him with your whole being. But I know lots of people kind of, their spiritual life just like one part of a whole pie. The spiritual life just makes up one part of their whole life. They've got a social life, a career life, a family life, and then they've got a spiritual life. And so pursuing Christ is just one part of their life. But God's saying, no, I want the whole pie. (laughs) God's saying, I want all of you so I can use all of you to make more and better disciples, more and better agents to spread my good news about eternal life in heaven. But folks, that mission will never be accomplished unless you personally begin to pursue Jesus every day with all your heart. And that is what God really wants from you, you pursuing Christ so that he can use you to make more and better disciples. Well, let's think about that word pursue for a minute. What what does it mean to really pursue someone? Well, I learned a little bit about that when I was first entering college. Because on the very first day of college, I walked into a college gathering. I saw Shirley. I saw Shirley, and there she beautiful, stunning, sitting and talking with all of her friends. 
And I knew immediately that she was the one that I wanted to pursue all my heart. And so I began to make all of these plans about how I could pursue and how I could get close to her. Now, Shirley was the captain of the cheer squad. There she is, clear up on Amen? What were you? 819, something like that? Clear on top. And she was the captain of the cheer squad. And so I began to misplan. So when we were pressing in the gym, where would Larry be? I just happened to be in the gym shooting some hoops, you know, just being close. And when they were cheering at the games, where was Larry? Well, I just had to be in the first two or three rows, so I was close to the cheerleaders, you know, in the stands. So I could catch her eye from time to time and give her a smile. Student center with all the other students after the game. Where was Larry? At the student center. Getting a Coke, being as close as I could get. Now, I wasn't a stalker. I really wasn't. <laughs> stalker wants to do harm, but I was a diligent pursuer pursuing her attention. And now after 40 years of marriage, I guess it worked. <laughs> the question is, are you and I that diligent when it comes to pursuing Christ? And I think all of us would have to be really honest and say, no, not really. No, not really. We can remember those days of going after the one that we fell in love with. Are we really that diligent in our pursuit of being like Christ and getting closer and closer to him? The question is, what are you, if anything, on a daily basis to being more like him, my disciple? Whoever wants to be my agent on mission for me must deny themselves. It means we, we maybe got to say no to some things and instead take up their cross, the difficult things in their life, and follow me. Now, Jesus took up something difficult in his life. He, he took up his cross. And he followed what the Father wanted him to do. And so that meant dying to sin and dying for sin, all the sins of the world. So Jesus is saying to pursue me, you have to do what the Father wants you to do. What the Father wants you to do is to put to death all of the sinful things and pick up whatever cross Whatever difficult things that are still in your life, maybe some health things, maybe some job things or whatever it is, nail all the sinful things to the cross, put them to death, but then still pick up that cross while you're saying no and say, I'm still going to follow Jesus. Amen? I'm going to pursue Jesus and his mission. So what do you need to die to, to really pursue Christ? What do you need to nail to the cross and say never again? What do you need to pick up a nail to the cross? What is keeping you from pursuing Christ? What is keeping you from pursuing him and encouraging others along the way in your scope of influence to pursue him? What's keeping you? Now, sinful things and even not sinful things can keep you from pursuing Christ. Work can keep you from pursuing a closer relationship with Christ. Just the demands of work. Play can keep you from pursuing him. Sports can stop you. School can stop you. Housework can stop you. Yard work can stop you. A remodel project. Hobbies. Friends can stop you. Dating can stop you. Family events can stop you from pursuing Christ. So the question is, what's keeping you from pursuing him, from running after him? Like this poster shows, 
I'm gonna run after Christ. I'm gonna finish this race until he calls me home. What's getting in the way? You know, one day Jesus was walking through Jerusalem and a man walked up to him and Jesus just turned to him and he said, follow me. And a guy said, I'll follow you, Lord. But Lord, let me first go home and take care of some things. Let me first go home. But folks, here's the deal. You can't say, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go do this. You can't call him Lord and at the same time call him and say, me first. If you're saying me first, then he's not your Lord. I mean, if you're saying me first, he's not number one in your life. So you and I, we've got to decide who's going to be Lord of our lives. Is it going to be us or is it going to be God? What are you pursuing? Your wants or what God is telling us in his word that he wants for, from us? What mission are you on? Your personal mission in this life or God's mission for your life? So are you saying, God, I'll live for you, but let me first pursue school. God, I'll live for you, but let me first pursue marriage. God, I'll follow you, but let me first raise my kids. God, I'll do whatever you want, but let me first pursue my career. Let me, let me, let me. But God says, follow me. Pursue me. Jesus says, it's kind of like the king who planned this big, big banquet. And he invited everybody to come to his banquet. But instead of everybody jumping at the chance to attend his banquet, this banquet of the king, people began making excuses. One guy said, well, I just bought a field. I have to go see it. Please excuse me. Another guy said, I just bought five oxen. I, I need to go try them out. Please excuse me. Another guy said, I just got married. It's my honeymoon night. Please excuse me. So these three guys did not pursue the opportunity to be with the king, to dine with the king. The first guy used his property as an excuse. So he was saying, I'm going to pursue my stuff, not you, the king. The second guy used his work as an excuse. He pursued his work, not his king. The third guy used his wife as an excuse. He pursued pleasure, not his king. So here's a, a piercing question, I think, for all of us. What do you tend to pursue instead of your king? That's a piercing question. We've we got to take that one home and, and say, God, what is it? What are we putting in front of our king? He's inviting us to this banquet dinner in heaven. Amen? The marriage supper, when all of his church is going to be united with him, the, the king. But are we making excuses? But listen, if you'll just pursue Christ, he'll, he'll bless everything else. Bless the work, the home, the kids, the marriage, if you make him first. The Bible says, in everything you do, put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. In everything you do, pursue God first, and he'll crown your efforts with success. So what does God want? First of all, he wants you pursuing Christ, making Jesus first in your life. And when you do, he will bless you. Now, here's the second question. Well, what will that take? What will pursuing Jesus really take? 
to make him first and most in my life? Here's your answer. It'll take you disciplining yourself. It's just going to take old-fashioned discipline. Now, discipline is making yourself do the right thing at the right time. It took discipline for me to do my homework. Anybody else? Amen? (laughs) Been through school? It took discipline to do homework, to do the yard on my day off when I'm just exhausted. That takes discipline. You just get out there and do the right thing at the right time. The dishes, guys, amen? Do your dishes for your wife? Discipline, especially unloading that dishwasher, amen? Hate that. But it takes discipline. The Bible says whoever practices discipline is on the way to life. Timothy says this, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Now, some of you are really disciplined in your job. You plan your day. You're on time. You're conscientious in your work. Some of you are are disciplined in your workout schedule. It's in your schedule. You make yourself do every single part of your workout. You don't let yourself skip a part of your workout. Some of you are disciplined in your TV watching. (laughs) You never miss your favorite show or your favorite sports team. Most of you are probably disciplined in most every area of your life. But do you know where you're, you're most disciplined? In the area that you want to be. In the area that you want to be. In the areas that are most important to you. Those things always get done. How hard is it to make a Costco run for food? Amen? (laughs) Not hard at all. Doesn't take any discipline because that food and all the goodies that they serve you when you're shopping, that's important to you. Am I the only one? (laughs) That's fun stuff. Okay, I'm getting some pointing going on. (laughs) That's fun stuff. It's important. But what if you and I were as disciplined in pursuing Jesus through prayer as you are in not missing a meal? What if we were as disciplined in reading his word or being here at worship with his family as we are in not missing a meal? The Bible says, spend your time and energy in the exercise of keeping spiritually fit. So God is saying here, get spiritually fit. Let's spend time being fit. Let's use energy to put towards pursuing Jesus. The Bible says this, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. You know, as we run towards Christ, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. Now look at the words weight and sin. There are two things that can keep you from pursuing Jesus. Folks, it's time to let go of the weights and the sins that keep you from pursuing Jesus. And we know what sins are. And let let go of anything that's sinful. But what is a weight? Well, a weight is something that's not necessarily wrong. It's not sinful. It's just not necessary. And there are some things in this life that are not necessarily wrong, but they're just not necessary. And they get in the way. They take our time. They take our energy. And then we don't have any energy to pursue Christ. So the Bible is saying to really pursue Christ, there may be some things you need to get rid of. You and I, we can't say yes to everything and have enough time and energy to pursue Jesus. And often you have to say no to some really good things to say yes to the best things. You know, if you're serious about obeying God's mission for your life, you have to make room in your life 
for God. Amen? It takes discipline to make room in your life for God. And to make room in your life for God, you may have to cut out some other stuff. I've heard this before, and here's the truth. If you put too many irons in the fire, you can put the fire out. And that's really true in our schedule and in our life. You can lose your fire for God because you're just so busy. You can lose your passion for God, for life, because you're just too busy. The Bible says, spend your time and energy in the exercise of keeping not financially fit, not physically fit. He says spiritually fit. And that's going to take some discipline. So discipline to delete some stuff from your calendar and discipline to put Jesus on your calendar is what it's going to take to really pursue Christ. Amen? To really pursue him. You know, a good example of pursuing God took place in the home of Mary and Martha, two sisters that invited Jesus over for dinner one day. Look at this scripture. The Bible was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, why don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried about so many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So here's Martha. She's distracted by all of her to-do list. Women, anybody identify with that? (laughs) Distracted by your great to-do list. Martha was ticked because Mary sat down and was talking with Jesus when there was work to do. But Jesus said, there's only one thing, Martha, that really matters. If it comes to spending time with me or washing the dishes, there's no competition. When it comes to getting the house ready or fixing the meal or spending time with me, there's no doubt what should happen. Now, folks, nothing matters more than your relationship with God. Now, notice the phrase, Mary chosen what is better. Mary chose to sit and get close to Jesus. You say, well, yes, pastor, but, but Mary, Mary made a choice, but somehow everything has to get done. <laughs> it has to get done. But listen, it will get done, especially if you pursue Jesus. He will help you think better. He will help you work better. He can even give you energy that's beyond your own. If you pursue Jesus, you win. If you pursue Jesus, he will crown your efforts with success. Amen? Oh, you're not convinced yet. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Folks, we need to learn this lesson in America. It'll get done because God will bless you. The question is this. Will you start choosing to pursue Christ first and most? Will you, like Mary, choose the best thing? The Bible says this, and I love this. All our busy rushing ends in nothing. We got to put that verse in our car by our speedometer, right? (laughs) All our busy rushing ends in nothing. The Bible also tells you how to get more time. Reverence for the Lord adds hours to each day. When you take time with God, it's just like he takes care of your time. He blesses everything you do. I want to encourage you to pursue God, and he will see to it that you've got time for everything else. So what does God want? You pursuing Christ. What's that going to take? You disciplining yourself. And here's the third question, and what's the result? Write it down. What's, What's the result of you making your life pursue Jesus? What's the result? Here's the answer. You getting the prize that the cross provides. You getting the prize. 
See, Jesus went through the cross in pursuit of an eternal relationship with you, and now he longs for you to pursue him. He came after you. He made the way for you to know him and know holy God and live with him for all eternity, and now he's asking you to come after him. The Bible says this, he died for all that all who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Jesus died for every one of us, and that means he died for you. So not wanting you to spend eternity in hell, Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins with his body. Not wanting you to spend eternity in hell, he made a way for you to get the prize of eternity in heaven. And the Bible goes on and says this. This is how we're to respond. Brothers and sisters, in view of all that, that we've just shared about God's compassion, I encourage you to offer your body as living sacrifices dedicated to God and pleasing to him. Now listen close. It costs Jesus to die for you. And it's going to cost you something to really live for him. It's going to cost you some discipline. It's going to cost you to maybe cut some things out of your lifestyle to really have time and energy to pursue him. But because of the cross, what it did on the cross, heaven can be your home. And it's your reward for pursuing him. And because of what Jesus did on the cross for you, you should commit to pursue him. Because of what he did on the cross for you, you should discipline your life to know him and follow him. Because of what he did on the cross for you, you should accept his mission to make more and better disciples for him. You are his agent on this earth. The Bible says it this way. We beg you, please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life God has given us. How do you not squander it? Well, like the agent of Jesus Christ that you are, you accept God's mission for your life and for this church. You take on the mission to make more and better disciples of Jesus. But the only way to accomplish that mission, once again, is to personally pursue Jesus Christ yourself and then to pursue others with the message of his love and forgiveness that he's given to you. You go after Christ, you go after others, and that's how we make more and better disciples. Amen? That's how it's done. And Jesus has made us his agents. He's given us this mission, and this mission is possible. It's possible. Somebody at some point in your life, some pastor, some friend, reached out to you, and maybe you didn't know it was their mission that they were on, but they reached out to you. And it made a difference in your life. Now God is saying, pursue me and reach others for me. It's possible. Let's pray. As I pray this prayer, would you consider praying this in your heart? Father, I want to do what you created me to do. I want to be on mission for you. I want to lead others to you. But that means I must really start pursuing you. So today, I choose to accept your mission for me. I commit fresh and new to pursue you, to run after you, 
to do my best to get close to you. Lord Jesus, I'm coming. Father, that's our commitment to you this morning. We're coming. Maybe we've gotten distracted. Maybe we've gotten apathetic. But God, today we choose to come towards you. In your name we pray. All of God's people said, amen. Amen.